Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Much like this group summer was great. Yeah. There, nothing bad happened. What a summer. What a two summers. Two X summers. Was it two X summers? Yeah. yeah. I guess it was technically two X. Uh, speaking of, uh, we're watching, we're talking about, I know what you did last summer. I know what you did. I know what you did. Papyrus. Papyrus. We'll have to put that in the, <laughs> that's my favorite SNL sketch of all time, I think. Besides Wells for Boys. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so, yeah, we're talking about I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mm-hmm. I have seen this. This used to be a movie that I watched with, like, my middle school, like, best friend all the time. But I had no recollection of this movie. So, clearly, when we watched it, I didn't pay attention. Amazing. Because I've seen this so many times, but I had nothing. I've seen None it of it. This one time. I have never seen it before now. Maybe we didn't watch it, but I swear we watched it. <laughs> I don't know. But I watched it today. That's <laughs> nice, nice. So would you like some facts? I would love some but facts. But I know what you did last summer. Yes. So it was made in 1997. Yeah. Could have fooled me. For some reason, I was so sure that this was made in the 2000s. Oh. But I mean, it's close. Yeah, that like, makes sense. It makes sense. sense. Like it has the 2000s vibe, but it's because it was the late, late 90s. Yeah. But in my head, I was just like, yeah, like what? 2005, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> nope. 1997. Uh, it was directed by Jim Gillespie. Also did Detox, Venom, and Joyride. Oh. I don't know the first two because Venom was 2005. So it's not like the ones that are out now. Okay. It, it's like an older one. And then Joyride, I think, is the one with um, Paul Longer. I've never seen it. I don't know. But that was the only one that I recognized the name. And I was like, sure. So he hasn't done very much. But good for him. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Did he did this one. So. <laughs> uh, sure was, did uh, do it. Yeah, sure did do it. <laughs> Uh, it was written by Kevin Williamson, uh, who did Scream, Scream 2, Scream 4. Also created Dawson's Creek, uh-huh. The Vampire Diaries, <laughs> The Faculty, which I've never seen. Oh. But people people really like that, I think. Yeah, it I, came up recently we, like, in one of my... I think it's an alien Yeah, movie? something. I know we've talked about it, yeah. but I, I've not seen it. But I've seen people talk about yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, and Cursed, which I also huh. don't know. But, Why? you know, let me check my phone. Okay, I had to make sure it was on silent. Hmm? Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to get to the cinematography so I can tell you what this person's done. I'm excited. Because <laughs> I like the cinematography in this. I thought it was very campy. Um, so the cinematography was uh, Dennis Crossan, I think. He also did Melancholia. Oh. Yeah, which is like really pretty movie. Um, and then he also did The Hole, which not the horror movie. There's oh, a horror movie called The Hole, yes. and I thought it was that. Okay. But I don't think it, because the one that was listed for him was with Kira Knightley. Huh. And I don't think she was in a horror film. So I don't think it's that one, but he has done a movie called The Hole. I'll let you Google. I just need to know now. Well, now I'm getting a lot of different results. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. There's a 2001 and a 2009. I don't know. Truly don't know. Two of the holes. There's two holes. He did one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of them has Gary Knightley in it. In the hole. In the hole. <laughs> Gary Knightley's in the hole. She's in the hole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Um, he also did Me Without You. This is where it gets fun. Agent Cody Banks. 
right? <laughs> I was like, hell yes. I love that movie. And Pink Panther 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so that was my stride. <laughs> really found a stride. <laughs> I, I, when I saw Agent Cody Banks, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Okay. And then the music was by uh, John Debney. Also had just so many credits to the, where I only wrote the ones that like I knew pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff for Disney. A lot of like rides for Disney. So like oh. a lot for Disney Paris specifically, Disneyland Paris. So we did like Haunted Mansion. It's a Small World, like composed the music for those rides. Yeah. But these are the shows and movies that I knew. And I was like, okay, I'll talk about that. Uh, he did Star Trek Next Gen. Uh, Next Generation. He also did another version of Star Trek. What was it? Next Generation and then... Uh, Deep Space Deep Space. Nine. Yep, yeah. and that one. Uh, he also did a pup named Scooby-Doo. I love a pup named Scooby-Doo. I Scooby. love a, a pup, pup named Scooby-Doo. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> um, and then he also did Doctor Who, some episodes of Doctor Who. Ooh. Really impressive. Um, Tiny Toon Adventures. No. Yeah. <laughs> and Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. So yeah. a lot of stuff. It was like a really wide range of things. It was like horror movies, a lot of Disney very weird. Love it. Um, and then the budget <clears throat> was only seventeen million. Uh, okay. Which I feel like is not. Yeah. Not, you know, it seems yeah. like a very middle ground yeah. budget. You know, it's yeah. not like a huge amount. It's not too low, but yeah, made sense. But do you know how much it made? Twenty-two million. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It made one hundred and twenty-five point three million. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you were about a hundred off. <laughs> Um, I guess like a fifth of what it was. <laughs> Boy, did this movie do well, apparently. Oh, and I'm guessing that is the whole run. That's not just like one weekend or anything. That okay, is the whole okay. time that it was yeah. out. But that's still pretty good for... I was trying to figure out know. because he was like using Scream mm-hmm. as like the entry point. But then exactly. also it got like... It did not get good reviews from the critics. And no. so like at what point does that override mm-hmm. the intrigue of Scream? I think um, so many people just went million. to see it. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> slightly more than what I guessed. Yeah. Slightly. <laughs> just like a, like a hair more. When I said that, I truly didn't know which way I was wrong. I was like, <laughs> I don't know which direction I'm incorrect. <laughs> when I read the number, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I did not expect it to be that popular. I knew that B would have something because of Scream. Yeah. But I was like, how much though? Apparently a lot. Uh, and then here's just like a few fun facts. They didn't mm. have too much. I mean, the filming was relatively like, you know, not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy, but you know, it's your basic horror film. Um, it was shot mostly in like North Carolina. Mm. Um, and they were genuinely in like a small town. So they would shoot a lot at night, which was like fine for the most part. But every now and then it would just cause like a lot of ruckus because it was such a small town. So they'd be like, what is happening? And they'd be like, just making a horror movie. No big deal. Mind your business. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so fun fact, Jennifer Love Hewitt said that Gillespie was... Uh, to date, her favorite director that she's ever worked with. Oh, wow. Love to hear it. Yeah. Happy. Um, uh, the shot with the group sitting by the fire, kind of like in the beginning. Yeah. That has that like wrecked boat. Yeah. Uh, was inspired by a painting that Gillespie had seen in a reference book. And then to achieve the image, they like found an actual like boat and cut it in half and then just put it in the water. <laughs> so this is where I'll put my boat this, half. This is my boat half. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch my boat half. Who has the other half? Like a locket. Oh. Oh, it's like the parent trap, but with yeah. the boat. They have like a Red Cute. Rider wreck. Red, oh. red huh? Rider wagon. <laughs> this is like my struggle. Red Rider wagon. <laughs> I can't say railroad or world war without just serious intention. It's okay. This one was killing me because for some reason the word boat just automatically 
kicks in with my dyslexia and I wrote boot every time. I'm like, boot, boot, boot. Or I kept writing bat. <laughs> B-A-A-T. It was awful. So there's a lot of boats in here that are spelled wrong. Love it, love it. Uh, but that's how they got that boat. And then the final sequence, another boot bat fact for you. <laughs> I love a boot bat. A boot bat. <laughs> the, the final sequence uh, on that boat was actually shot on a real boat that they had got. And it was um, filmed on the Cape Fear River. And according to Gillespie, they had almost lost the boat because they tried to dock it during like really treacherous waters uh, or volatile water. And um, they were forced to leave and basically shoot like the next day because it was just so bad that they were like, no, (laughs) we can't do this anymore. (laughs) But they almost lost their boat. Amazing. I can't imagine shooting like half of a fight scene and then being like, well, we lost the boat. What do you do? Do you recreate the boat or do you give up and like you start from the beginning with your new boat half? (laughs) With your new boat boat half. (laughs) So I thought that was really funny because I was like, what do you do? What What happens when you lose a boat? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. So those are all my facts. Um, oh no. Um (laughs) to sum it up. I was gonna do a really simple one and just say some kids have a really bad summer. Mm. But they have two really bad summers, yes, actually. They do. Yes. Um, uh, some some dumb dumb teenagers are out driving recklessly, and they murder someone. Yes. But do they? But do they? But do they? Uh-huh. Ooh. That's my whole thing. I love it. That's excellent. <laughs> uh, the but do they is genuine because I. That's the twist, and I genuinely had no fucking idea. <laughs> I had to talk to Kate right before we record. Real quick. I just want to say spoilers for the rest of the thing. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. If you're going to watch this and you don't want the twist, stop listening. Yeah. I'll make uh, some noise. And then come yeah. back after I make those horrible sounds. I don't know why I did that. But <laughs> I could just, you could just stop listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, we, I came into the to Kate's house and I went, Kate, who is the killer? Because like, I don't get it. I must have looked down right when the man said, I'm this man. And uh-huh. I just went. I just looked at the ground, apparently. Looked back up, and he was like, I'm gonna get you. And I was like, who? You're like, that's a lot of ice. Exactly. She was in this ice, and I went, what's she doing? (laughs) Oh, no, babe. What is she doing? I literally missed... I I don't know what happened. I don't know how I missed it, but all of a sudden, this man was killing them, and I was like, is this another killer? (laughs) So Kate had to very graciously explain to me what the fuck happened. So I need to watch it again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So this movie, I'm going to go ahead and just call it now, has a good rewatch bonus as long as you accidentally <laughs> miss the end. <laughs> when you were entranced by the ice and you did in fact miss the reveal, good rewatch bonus. <laughs> it's a good rewatch bonus as long as you don't see the reveal and you're like, what? <laughs> uh-huh. So Excellent. give me a real summary. <laughs> a real synopsis, if you will. Rotten Tomatoes off as one. Yes, good. I don't know where that came from. I like Here it. we are. A year after running over a fisherman and dumping his body in the water, four friends reconvene when Julie receives a frightening letter telling her that their crime was seen. While pursuing who he thinks is responsible for the letter, Barry is run over by a man with a meat hook. The the bloodletting only increases from there, as the killer with the hook continues to stalk Julie, Helen, and Ray. He's a blood ladle. And I was like, that's the worst soup I've ever heard of. 
You don't oh, like a good God. love ladle? I, I like how this whole movie starts with a note, and I forgot to put that in mine. What, who needs it? Who needs it? People are giving too much info I, for free. I have comments on the punctuation used in the note. Oh, really? Yeah, because it said, I know what you did last summer, exclamation point. And I was like, maybe it's the millennial in me, but I think it would have been more compelling if it had a period. I know what you did last summer! <laughs> I know. But I wanted to be like, I know what you did last summer. I would have, uh, I need like a dot, 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 you know? Like I need like uh, a. Disease, but that's past progressive. Oh, what do you, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so I would say no period or no punctuation at See, all. See, I find the period very aggressive. Yes. So you're right. Yeah. That's, that's, yep. Periods mm-hmm. are aggressive. Anytime somebody, <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Anytime somebody sends me a message at all and it has just like a period, I'm always like, oh, they're pissed. They hate me. They hate me, which is a curse because I actually do that and don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, cool, period. And people are like, what did I do? Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh-huh. that's just how I type. <laughs> but when people do it to me, I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> I <work>. Only I. <laughs> I work in customer support. And so oh. when I'm typing my answers, I have to go through and like rearrange my exclamation points. So it's not exactly. every sentence, but so they know I'm peppy and cheerful. Exactly. They have to know yeah. that I'm happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Okay, that was, that was a good, that's a good little summary. Yeah. I feel like it gave, you know, just enough info. Yeah. I'm also really excited for Nerd Corner because I, I truly have no fucking idea. I know I say that every time, mm-hmm. but usually, I've said this many times, I have at least like an inkling. Yeah. What do you like? Fisherman? Let me let me guess. Okay. Pageants. I could have done that. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I just was like, what was something that was notable? <laughs> so what are you covering? What are you okay. talking about? I want to talk about the location of this film in the 90s. Okay. Not like the physical location, but yeah. the timing. Oh, and okay. And then how it compares to Scream, because it's from the same writer. Mm-hmm. Also, just like as a thing, it was loosely based on a book. And the book is yeah. nothing like the movie. In the book, they accidentally kill like a child, and it's Ooh. not a slasher. It's like it's them like, reckoning with guilt or something. Oh, God. It's like genuinely dark and... I think so. Oh, I haven't read the book. But I didn't know it was based on a book, actually. Yeah. When I was doing my notes, I didn't see that. Because it's hardly based on the book. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably why it wasn't there. They yeah. were like, no. <laughs> they were like, but what if we aged people up, made the murder victim a killer, they didn't really die, and also we killed teenagers So basically the they were like, what if this wasn't based on this book? Ha ha ha. Yeah. Uh, I did took your title? I kept getting this one confused. Not like, I knew it wasn't this movie, but in the very beginning it had Urban Legend vibes because they kept talking about an Urban Legend. And I was like, have I been thinking that the movie Urban Legend was this movie the whole time? Mm. But then once they continued, I was like, no, I'm right. It just happened to have a very strong start yeah. with Urban Legend. yes. Um, so I love that. That's interesting. I am going to talk about that briefly. Good. I'm excited. Okay. So we've talked about the evolution of slashers, like a subgenre mm-hmm. over the decades. I think in October when we were covering like classics. Yeah. With like Scream I think we and talk- yeah. Halloween and stuff. So I want to locate this film within that timeline mm-hmm. to get a better idea of what was happening in the genre mm-hmm. and in society at the time. Yeah. And based on the article that I used for that, it was, I don't know how to say their name. It's either Petritus or Petritus. I don't know. It's in my extended show notes. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those ones where I'm like, either one. <laughs> Could be. Uh, but there were three main periods, according mm-hmm. to that author. Classical, postmodern, and neo. Mm-hmm. Neo-slashers, specifically. So the classical period was from 74 to the end of the 80s. Makes sense. Postmodern slashers belonged to the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then the 2000s invited neo-slashers to the party. So this one kind of... In a yeah. weird spot. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So from the classical to the postmodern, we see a broad shift in tone and theme. The 90s were basically pointing at the 80s and saying, look how silly and optimistic you were. I'll show you horror. (laughs) 
They were generally more skeptical and self-aware in the 90s, and the characters were genre-savvy and called Mm -hmm. out stale tropes. So we also saw a shift from the virginal final girl to a less formulaic plot and archaic stereotype, like, as a protagonist. Yeah. So it wasn't, like, she survived because she's chased. Right. They stopped doing that. Well, they didn't stop, but you see less less of, of it. Yeah. you know, the punishment for premarital sex for women only. Right. Basically, we got, yeah. I said that, and then I read that. I was like, oh, I did write that, too. (laughs) Wrote it and read it, baby. Wrote it and read it. (laughs) So Scream is the prime example Mm -hmm. of postmodern era horror. It knows the history of the genre and points out the weaknesses of certain conventions. While the same writer penned Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer, or as I write in my notes, Iquidzles. 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 You can get it at Ikea. Oh my god, it is. That's an Ikea, like, bedside table. <laughs> yep. It's oh, it's rest. okay, babe. Go ahead and set that down on the equipment. <laughs> this is going to be another Omen episode. Yeah, it is. <laughs> can't get through it. I'm trying to think of it, like, some people just call it I Know, but yeah. I think it makes more sense to call it Last Summer. I would, but... Yeah, but then again, it's also like, what? Last Summer what? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I need the first part. So the same writer wrote Scream and Acquittals. Yeah. And acquittals. Yeah. Acquittals. Yeah. Uh, both were released in the 90s, but mm-hmm. that's about where the like similarities end. Yeah. They're very different. So you kind of have to let go of what you expected it to be mm-hmm. from the writer of Scream. Right. And see it as part of the broader horror movie scene. Which is so funny because they really leaned on that to mm-hmm. sell it, but it's so different. Yes. <laughs> so That's funny. Like broadly for movies in the 90s and for this movie, we can see that tonal shift Yeah, from the despair of man at the beginning or not the despair of like man in general, the man, the specific despair despair of the specific man. man. (laughs) Just the despair of that man. The utter pointlessness of life. No. (laughs) He was like, why? (laughs) Uh, So the despair of that man. Yeah. At the beginning, to the overly cheerful and undeniably, like, small town holiday early sequence. So there are, like, these rapid tonal shifts. Mm -hmm. And it could read as, like, a microcosm of the 80s optimism to the harsh reality of the 90s. Right. And the tonal shifts within the movie help reinforce the theme of, like, loss of innocence. Yeah. That could be representative of the jaded vibe of the 90s. So just as, like, a quick refresher, because theme and motif are used interchangeably a lot. Okay. And I'm not going to be that person that's like, oh, you said motif, but it's actually a theme. Because who the fuck wants to be that person? <laughs> Thank God, please. <laughs> Dear God, no. <laughs> uh, just any time I use either of them, I have to double check that I'm using the correct right. one. So I'm just sharing my pain with people. Uh, so a quick primer. A theme is the central meaning of a work, and motifs are recurring images, ideas, sounds, symbols, etc. Okay. that support the theme. Okay. So if your theme is about temptation and a fall from grace, motifs could be imagery of snakes and apples. Okay. So picture uh, the music video for Montero. All oh, of those motifs cool. are like very biblical, and he had a different theme, <clears throat> but he uses biblical imagery so like, of like the fall from Eden. A theme is the whole pie, and like a motif is a slice. Yeah, you know? because it's slices like, repeat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... You can have a theme without motifs. Right. And you can have motifs that don't support a theme, but they're right. both weaker without each other. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Come on, you can come on. pie slices. <laughs> Idiot! <laughs> yeah. So, different themes, but that's basically like the breakdown. Right. So, in this case, the theme of lost innocence is supported by some repeated imagery, like the necklace, the mm-hmm. one that you spin and it says, I love you. Yes. It functions as a plot point, too, but we see it a few times and it's always paired with like regret yeah. or like a turning point in a decision that you can't take back. Which is interesting because it does flip. It flips, yeah. yeah. 
And the opening scene, you see the ocean and the beach, and it's all nature, not mm-hmm. inherently good or bad, and it is just existing. And then the music shifts to something more sinister yeah. as we see man-made structures like roads and a human. And so to me, that paired shift from nature to humanity and the general generic rock mm-hmm. music to sinister instrumentals is also pointing to a loss of innocence arc. Right. And the crown is a returning image as well. Mm-hmm. So the uh, beauty queen, the croaker queen crown. The croaker oh, queen. That was first try. Literally though. Did it. Actually. Uh, so the crown is a returning image. It's her first like, at first it's her ultimate achievement. Right. Before she's about to like leave her small town behind. And then it's literally ripped from her head by someone that she was about to dump into the ocean. Because right. she thought they killed him. So when we see it a year later, it doesn't have the same joy that it did before the whole manslaughter thing. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Instead, it's bitter and almost mocking. Yeah. So it's like, look how innocent you used to be and look at what you are now. Right. So there are definitely like elements of this film mm-hmm. that reflect the tonal shift from the 80s to the 90s. If you want to align the end of innocence theme with the general pessimism of the 90s. Right. To me, that's the strongest through line, but everyone's going to get something different from it. Yeah. At the same time, this film knows what the genre conventions are and just plays them straight. Uh, While Scream was about deconstruction, this is more homage. And it has blood, but not too much. It spends a significant portion of time creating tension through a killer that moves in ways we don't understand. And those are elements that are very familiar to us yeah he's like halloween right because you don't get michael like running after her in the background huffing like he just appears and he's not pressed for time so he's got nowhere to be nowhere to be (laughs) my island time baby yeah uh so those elements are very much like classic slashers you can almost think from the campfire scene that we'll see something that calls out conventions so it can critique them or subvert them Mm -hmm. but the rest of the movie doesn't do that It's not about the twisted pain of teenagers mutating into something cruel and unpredictable. It's actually a pretty mundane revenge tale. Yeah. There are plot reveals, but not big twists that upend conventions. They foreground the mutability of contemporary folklore. Basically, when they're saying, like, no, I heard it this way. No, the story's actually this. That's showing, like, it changes. Because that's what contemporary folklore does. But they don't ask us to challenge the reasons for the differences or the longstanding, like, life of urban legends. It, they just say, like, oh, we all have different stories, but it's not asking us to investigate why. They're just like, nah, you know. It's not, like, revealing anything about the human condition. Right. So in that scene by the campfire, they're all, like, chiming in, blah, blah, blah. But it's more of a plot element than a route for us to examine how communities create and sustain lore. Yeah. So it's basically, like, the team picked their favorite parts of classic slashers and said, we'll give you something familiar, something you've seen before and fondly remember, and we will craft scenes and scares that will still manage to unsettle or jolt you. Yeah. But it doesn't push the genre forward. Mm-mm. I see it as like a lateral move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it helped anchor the slasher subgenre, but it didn't like force ingenuity or evolution. It wasn't like a movie where people are like, well, after that, we have to be better. We have to do something different. We can't have the same formula. Right. Like Scream did. Yeah. Because yeah. Scream was like, no, we can push back on all those tired tropes. And it did push those subgenre forward. But this one was just like, but what if we just kind of like curled up with a blanket and a slasher? Pretty much. Yeah. So if I had to summarize the role of this film in society, I would basically say it's an indulgent horror film that uses nostalgia for classic slashers of the previous decade mm. and was marginally successful. Yeah. More successful than I thought. I don't look up Yeah, money. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean indulgent as like an inherently bad thing. No. I think that you can do something just because you want it to exist, because you like the subgenre, because you want to add your portion. Yeah. So in saying it was a lateral move, I'm not saying like, and it sucks because of that. I just, I don't think things have to be unique or have deep symbolism or intent to be valuable or enjoyable. Right. 
so we can create things just for fun and that's the level that I engage with this film on I didn't want to read in like this deep societal thing because yeah. to me it wasn't really as much about that and maybe it was nostalgic and indulgent because of the general pessimism of the decade or right. maybe it was just the movie they wanted to make Yeah. so to me I think it's interesting to like find where it is in like the horror canon see what other movies were doing at the time and see what they had nostalgia for and how they put it forward and right. it's just doubly interesting because it's the same person that wrote like one of my favorite horror films yeah. of all time and then they were like hmm. and they were like yeah we already did the hard work of upending conventions <laughs> pretty Can we much just have fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that it's kind of just like a security blanket of a movie yeah. where yeah. it's like it's not a bad thing that it doesn't do anything new yeah it's just like it had like the campiness of scream but like the genuine like I don't know, classic slasher tropes that you, like, mm-hmm. want. So you're like, oh, the best of both worlds. The real Hannah Montana of a movie. Oh, uh, yes. You know? I'm very familiar with it this. It gave me the Hannah Montana vibe. Okay. Because it was like, the cinematography was kind of campy. Dialogue is campy. But then, like, the slasher and everything in itself, it's not doing anything new, like no. you said. So it's kind of like, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's uh, just uh, different. It's interesting. They should stop, like advertising like from the writer of Scream and do the Hannah Montana of Hover. They really should! should. I'm over here making new marketing devices for them. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. But I agree. I like this movie not because it does anything new. Mm -mm. I I would never watch this movie and be like, oh, this is so interesting. I'd be like, it's fun. Yeah. (laughs) This is a movie I feel like you watch on a date when you don't actually want to pay attention to the movie. Yeah. But you're like, it's fine. It's fine. Like if you look away, it's fine. Unless you look away at a very specific time and you're me. Yeah. Oops. Unless you miss the reveal reveal. <laughs> Just don't miss the reveal. <laughs> God, I don't know how I did that. Interesting. I like that one. Thank you. I was like, what even? Because like I read reviews yeah. and Roger Ebert gave it one star. Oh, no. And he started off with the first shot of the movie is the best. And that's sad. And like, <laughs> I'm only paraphrasing a tiny bit. He oh. basically, it was, it was like, and it's not a good thing that that is the best shot. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I did, like, analysis, and, like, I tried to find things. Right. I found some stuff on, like, the casting, but it it just, everything was about how generic this movie was. It's a very generic yeah. film. Yes. Which is probably why it did so well. I feel like it probably did well, because everybody was like, oh, writer of Scream? So they were like, I'll go. But then also, it's like a, it's like a horror movie you can take, like, on a date, you know? Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, scary movie, let's go. You don't have to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> like... Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate it for that at all. Yeah. So I'll get to my notes. My notes on Hover. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't have a ton, um, because I'm glad you said it. It's very generic. Yes. So as I was watching it, I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, like I just don't have anything like special and fun to say. I had a few things that I was like, that's interesting. So we'll get to that. And I'll, and I'll, I'll say that. What in the, <laughs> I need to read this note. I'm not going to try and fix it. I love it. This is what it says. Just from not in trouble, lol. And I'm like, we are in for mid to thousands tree. And I am so excited. (laughs) We're into mid to thousands tree. And I am so excited. (laughs) What I think I was trying to say is, this is what I thought the movie was from the early 2000s. And I said, just from the first shot, I'm like, oh boy, we're in for a mid-2000s treat, and I'm so excited. Okay. Has to be what I meant. Yeah. But then as it went on, I was like, this is the 90s. But again, it has no discerning feature. This movie has nothing to put you anywhere. Mm -mm. It is just there. 
if anything, I'd say it's a incredible feat just because I have no idea. <laughs> just by doing absolutely nothing, it is special. <laughs> I love that. Um, I also said I love the song in the opening. It is yeah. so classic, like, rock music, and it's so scary, you know? Yep. Mixed with that sweet twilight blue. It had that sweet twilight blue lighting. Mm-hmm. I did read that, that they specifically wanted blues and no bright, bright, bright colors. Mm. Like it wasn't supposed to be like super, I don't know, like saturated or anything. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense. Like it yeah. was supposed to be like this coastal town that's very like, especially after everything bad happens, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like, look how sad everyone is. Which we'll get to that. My favorite shot in this movie <laughs> is so early in the movie and I was like, it won't be topped. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> I laughed really hard at this line and I must have just wrote it down because I thought it was funny but her breasts were so ample I wrote that down too it's like, I had no idea her breasts were so ample, ample. <laughs> because honestly that is the most polite way to be like yeah. I did not know that person had big boobs yep yep and I was like that's pretty funny pretty Brick Jr because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he marries her at some point in real life Oh yeah, they're a thing. Are they? St- I don't know if they're still married, but I know that they were at one point. But just him looking at his future wife and going, "Her breasts are so ample." I was like, "Good she for has you, bud." Huge tracts of land. <laughs> huge tracts of land. They're still married. Okay, cool. Yeah, according so, to Wikipedia, his now. wife breasts are ample. So um, and I also I already said this to Kate, but I had a very big Kate moment where I could not tell Sarah Michelle Geller and Jennifer Love Hewitt apart. Mm-hmm. Only from the beginning. Because like once it got further into the movie, it was like, I can tell. You've from styled the them. From the bangs. Okay. You know, we'll get to that. <laughs> but like... The stringiest bangs you ever did Stringiest. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. But, but yeah, like I really couldn't... They, I told Kate, I was like, they cut to her being in the pageant. She comes out. And I'm like, oh, there she is. Sarah Michelle Geller. I love her. Then it cuts back to the balcony. And it cuts to Sarah Michelle... Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I go... <laughs> Now, how'd she get up there? And I'm like, is she watching this like on TV? And then somebody was like, oh, did you teach her everything she knows? And I'm like, herself? <laughs> it took way too long that I won't care to admit to be like, those are two different women. This is a very Black Coat's so, daughter moment for you. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. But in my defense, that one was the opposite where I thought those were two different people the whole movie. And then you were like, oh, no, no, that's supposed to be the older version of her. And I was like, the what now? I had no idea. In this one, I thought they were. Just, I thought they were just one woman. Amazing. They're not. Um. <laughs> no, mine was. I thought I was like that. Doesn't look like Emma Roberts. It, it's not. It wasn't. Her. Sure isn't. <laughs> but I. Yeah. So I had that moment. It luckily went away quite quickly because they do give her the string things in history, which we'll get to. And it's my favorite. So good. Mm-hmm. Um. I do actually love that they can't remember the story. I was like, it's cool. They're like mixing together like nine stories, which is kind of what this is. This movie is really just. A bunch of horror movies kind of mixed together, but just doesn't do any of them new or spe. It's just like, we're all of these. Mm-hmm. The same. <laughs> you are me and we're all together. Pretty much. <laughs> As the Beatles famously like, mm-hmm, said about this mm-hmm. film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I did say this about the lighting. So <clears throat> I like that. Uh, so my favorite shot, not favorite shot that was funny, but like one of my favorite artistic kind of shots uh, is like the underwater scene. Um, I kind of skipped a lot because it was kind of generic. But this underwater scene where he's trying to get the crown back from the mm. guy who grabbed it. I like it. Um, I like that it's like really deep green. 
Uh, and even though, like, it wouldn't actually be well lit, mm-hmm. you know, they have, like, the shacks moonlight. Exactly. There's, like, that really vibrant, like, green, like, um, seaweed under, near, under mm. there. So it's, like, they have vibrant colors. They just don't have, like, super, super bright, fun colors. So, like, even the green itself is still, like, a nice dark green. So everything had that bluish, sad, scary tint to it, which is cool. But I like that. I like that. Um, I said, I think it's nice uh, that movies make things well lit that shouldn't be um, because it's like they're looking at you and saying like, we know, we know you wouldn't be able to see him. But it's like they chose to make it stylized instead of making it like dark because so many movies now are so dark. Yeah. They're so dark. And it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it makes sense and I'm fine with it. But like Descent, everything was well lit, but it was well lit with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like. If it was dark, it's because they didn't have their flashlight or whatever. Everything had a reason. With this one, it was like, yeah, we know. We know that there's no reason for him to be able to clearly see this man underwater at night. The number of times I'm watching a movie and it's like, is it because I have a bad laptop? Could I see more if I had a better screen in front of me? And with The Descent, you're like, no, this is what it's meant to be. Right. With other films, it's like, is Batman just really dark? Really dark. That's just, I mean, so many movies are just really, really dark. Yeah. I actually read a tweet the other day that said like, oh man, do you remember when movies had light? <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's not all of them. And sometimes it's really, really amazing and purposeful and whatever. And some movies are just a little too dark. That's all. Yeah. Um, I thought Cabin Fever was a little dark when we watched it. Not Cabin Fever, sorry. Cabin in the Woods? Cabin in the Woods. Okay, I was like, I have not seen Cabin <laughs> Fever. <laughs> no, I thought Cabin in the Woods was a little dark when we watched it. Yeah. I know my TV's not amazing, so it could potentially just be like my TV but it, it was a little, it was a little dark, um, and this one was just so well lit all the time that I kind of appreciated it. And I think it was just because they chose to make it stylized instead of making it extra spooky and dark. And I was like, all right, I appreciate that. They knew what they were about. And that's just nice. Um, this is my favorite shot. We're at it right now. <laughs> when she is in the dorm room. Mm-hmm. And the girl like opens the door and she's like, hey, and it just zooms in on Jennifer Love Hewitt looking <laughs> dead, dead. Her <laughs> eyes are like sunken. Her hair is so greasy and she doesn't say anything. She just looks and I'm like, girl, it's like they wanted to show you. Look how sad she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they sure did. Yup. We kept it on her face for so long before she talked. Amazing. It's like, look it at was this amazing. empty husk of a human. And honestly, you know what? Usually when they show me a girl in a movie and they're like, oh, look how tired she is. And they're just like gorgeous. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Jennifer Love You, it genuinely looks tired. Like, Babe, you look better. <laughs> her eyes were so, and her hair was just stringy. And you know what? Good on them. They kept her hair stringy for many a scene. Yeah. And then at the end, her bangs were puffy, puffy still very like still stringy, stringy, but they had volume. They had volume. Yeah. They were stringy with volume this yes. time. Just very different. And she had like the curls, you know, like mm-hmm. some beach waves. But boy, did she have some stringy hair for the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. I will give them that. They did a good job with her, at least. Sarah Michelle Gellar, I don't know what they were doing when they were like, they chopped her hair and everyone was making fun of her and it was just like a bob. <laughs> She just like had a nice haircut. Yeah. Yeah. What? What was that? <laughs> because she chose just like the worst option, which was I will put on the most ugly hat that I can find so people the don't know that my hair is bad. Hat. And then she had like the sports bra like yes. leggings thing going on. And I was like, that feels very 2000s. It looked so 2000s. Yeah. It, it looked weird. It just looked it was, out of place. It's not a good outfit, in my opinion. <clears throat> 
But she came out looking like some weird like 2000s pop star mm. or like, I don't know. It was just weird. The styling. I understood the hat choice because it was for her hair. Yeah. But the rest, I was like, what's going on here? Like, is a baseball cap not good enough for you, babe? Yeah, exactly. A baseball cap would have made more sense because yeah. it would have been like, oh, I'm trying to hide something. I don't usually wear this. I want but, I uh, edited images of her in different types of hats. I want a Stetson. I want a baseball cap. Partner. Partner. (laughs) I want a lot of, I want a beret. No, a beret wouldn't do it. A beret would just look nice. Yeah. You know, know. I want a range of hats for her. I would love that. It's my one Because that one hat was real rough. And also her hair looked fine. Yeah. She just had a bob. Like they cut it and it was just at her shoulders instead of being lower. Yeah. So it's like, okay, maybe like it was kind of choppy, but you look to have fixed the issue by the time you were in the parade. Yeah. So like, did you like just work in a quick haircut appointment to like even out the layers? Even like, when she was pulling the pieces off yeah. in bed, because uh, spoiler, I guess, I don't know. They put the crown on her head when she's asleep yeah. and she wakes up with like pieces of hair that he's cut because right before that, there's this moment of her sister being like, you and your hair, which it's we'll pathetic. get to. Yeah. And so like, it's this great moment of her like, oh my God, they cut my hair. But like, she's pulling the hair and I'm like, okay, what, where's you it coming from? Some. You still have some. Like, there's no bald spots. It's not super short. It's not like it was visibly short where I'm like, oh man, she's got a pixie. No. No, it was, it was truly just like, it was like to her shoulders yeah. almost. I was like, so what you cut? Work they gave her like beautiful layers. The yeah, Midnight Barber. But yeah, um, that was actually one of the things I did like about this, though, is there's so many misdirects. Yes. But like in a fun little tiny ways, like, you know, when they go to the sister's house, she's got the coat. She screams when she sees the coat on the hanger. Interesting. Uh, when they talk to what's his face and the, what's his name, Max? Max. When they talk to Max, he works at a place with like a big hook. So you're like, oh, it's got to be him. And he's my, threatened with a hooker. Right. And my favorite misdirect, though, is the sister when she's like, you and your hair, it's pathetic. Uh, and then the next morning, her hair is cut. So you're like, mm. it's the sister. Uh. Like, it's so many people where you're like, could it be? But they so quickly just move on. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They really just were like, it's OK. We'll just tell you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. And then if you're me, you miss it. That's one of my tropes later. Is it? I really actually liked it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's easy. It was I'm like not... a whodunit. Yeah, exactly. It was like a whodunit, but they like kind of gave it the answer just like right away. And that's fine. Um, I also liked the little misdirect. I thought for sure Misty was going to be dead. When they go back to the house to show her yeah. the yearbook, um, which Misty's the sister of the guy that they think they killed. Um, so there's this like interesting moment where she's like, hello. And she's looking around for Misty. And I'm like, oh, Misty's going to be dead. Or she's the killer. And then Misty comes out with like this knife and I'm like, oh, here we go. And then she's just like, hi. <laughs> she's like, you interrupted me. <laughs> Pretty much. And then they're just like, show her the yearbook. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it wasn't Misty. So that was another great misdirector. Mm-hmm. I was like, I-, I thought she was dead for sure. A Missy direct. <laughs> A Missy direct. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that honestly, that's pretty much all my notes because I just didn't have anything incredible to say it's good you know what i mean like i'm not upset about it like Mm -hmm. you said in nerd corner like i'm not mad that i don't have anything new or fun to say i'm just like yeah that's it i mean that's that's pretty much all i got um i i I do my last note is i love it i love that her hair is not greasy anymore as soon as they get the murderer (laughs) yeah yeah that's it i had a lot of hair notes in this one I mean, for good reason. Yeah. Uh, I pulled some of my notes. Yes, please. So I already talked about the punctuation choice in the notes. Right, we which 
Why? <laughs> uh, when Barry is being hunted by his own car, uh, he yells, <laughs> Max, you're fucking dead. And it's dramatic irony because Max is Max dead. Max is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Max, you're fucking dead. And Max is like, yup. Yep. <laughs> sure am. You got it. Well spotted. Well spotted, my man. Uh, and then just the ongoing thing. I wrote it so many times. I just kind of lumped them all into one. Yeah. How could anyone know? He yells after loudly talking about the murder from last summer and his role in it. Friends, anyone could know because you don't know they, how to use your inside voice. They truly just were shouting about this murder yeah. everywhere around town. The hospital door was open. And they're like, who could have seen? How could anyone how know? How could anyone know? And I'm like, buddy. That's <laughs> in preschool, hun. Which I know is like the point, but it's so funny. Like, <laughs> This movie was not supposed to necessarily be a comedy, I but it, it got me. Hilarious. Okay. Hilarious. So the next time... Where she's like driving and you hear like the rattling and you're like, what the fuck is right. in the trunk? Well, it took so long for her to open it that I just started guessing and I have my I list just of guesses. Started guessing. <laughs> what? So, uh, a snake. Okay. Bees? <laughs> Why would bees rattle? <laughs> They're like pinging off the side. I can't do an impression of a bee and think that that's a rattle. <laughs> well, they were like bopping off the side because they were. I guess if they're big. <laughs> My next guess was a raccoon. Of course. Yes, naturally. <laughs> a oh, a bird. I, that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah. Pinging off the sides, you know. I did not guess it would be Max with a crab in his mouth. No, no. no Who could? Who could have seen this? Who could have seen? It reminded me of the time. Where I went to a beach in Florida, because I used to live in Florida, um, and there are fiddler crabs, which oh, are just like teeny, teeny, tiny, and they have like one big claw, um, and I love them, but there were thousands and thousands of them, and I have, I don't have it anymore, but I had a video that I took of all of them moving at once, and it looked like the ground was moving, and it was just like this constant sound of just like moving crabs. And I was like, what the fuck? Because we went to this little beach thinking yeah. like, oh, we'll just hang out. It's like a little hiking trail, like whatever led to a beach. And it wasn't like a big one. So we were like, oh, it'll be so good. It's not busy for a reason. It's because there's thousands and thousands of crabs. So many crabs. And they hide underground and they'll do this thing where you walk and there's little holes and they'll go and they'll stick their little claws up and they'll grab your little feet. <laughs> but they're like teeny tiny. Yeah. So they grab your foot and it's like beep. They're like Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, they're just kind of like, I got you. And you're like, no. But it was just so, so funny because I was terrified of hurting them because they were so little, but there were also thousands. So I'm like, they could carry me away from here. Like, yeah. just, And that's how Nikki ooh. died. <laughs> and that's how I died. If I ever find that video, I will I will show you all the crabs. We, we called it Crab Island and we would go back and we would go to Crab Island and go see them. Excellent. And it was wild. Amazing. But that reminded me of that. When I opened the open the trunk, I went, Crab Island. <laughs> I was like, they went. I went, oh, not bees. Not bees, sorry. <laughs> I thought I I can't I imagine just a bunch of bees thunking the side. Like, thunk, <laughs> thunk, 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 thunk. Thunk. And I'm like, can't they just hover and play? Like, I mean, they're confused and they're angry. <laughs> You're right. They <laughs> don't want to be there. You get some be mad there. bees. <laughs> they don't want to be, be there. there. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> No, you burned it. You earned a real one. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Congrats. Uh, congrats. <laughs> I am on a roll. Crabs. That's so stupid. That one got me. Congrabs. <laughs> so good. That's good. Oh, and then I had like a few actual serious notes. And yes, then I of had course. Just silly ones again. But, um... 
A scene where Helen is in her family store and yes. she's trying to like figure out where he is mm-hmm. and get away and you just hear the whirring of the ceiling fans. Ooh. And it's one of those like atmospheric where it's yeah. like the world is going on around you, but it's also quiet. It's like so quiet. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought that was really effective. Love that. And then a very, very scream moment <laughs> where I put very scream how and then I was like <laughs> very scream. <laughs> very scream. Very scream. <laughs> Uh, she's so close to help. Like mm-hmm. she, it's like the opening scene in Scream where right, right, her where parents she's are feet from her, like waving, and like, but she can't say anything oh because I think it's throat. Yeah, and so she's something. trying to yell like, "Mom, help me!" Oh god, and it, then like she dies feet from her parents. And in this, it's like she is right next to a fucking parade, but it's a parade, and they're playing their trumpets and badly, it's loud, and it's fireworks, and it's dark, and she is feet away from oh. people that could help. Right, and it's like. You got me. Whale, <laughs> Whale hail. Whale hail. <laughs> and then my last note, a good man will keep his hook clean. <laughs> because and the hook is so that. clean. It is very clean. Because he like lifts it up and he's like, yeah. I have just like slaughtered someone. You couldn't tell. Couldn't tell at all. Clear. He has, always like, wipes the, yeah, yeah, obviously. It yeah. Just, yeah, he always wipes the, the hook. And yeah. I appreciate that mm-hmm. in a murderer. Yeah. If I'm going to get murdered, at least avoid infection. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just in case I make it. Just in just case. Just in case. Well, speaking of. Get your tennis <laughs> shot. Oh, Jesus Christ. God. I cut my finger today. Fingy. Cut my poor little fingy and Kate had to patch me up. <laughs> had to patch me up hours later because I'm a monster and don't own band-aids. So I just walked around all day going. <laughs> it's fine now. <laughs> We're good. It's fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like, I have gauze and medical tape. Yeah, and Kate came down with all these things. And I was like, boy, that's nice. I was just running it underwater going. Ow, 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 ow. All day. I got you some alcohol pads. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I really needed this. I was like crocheting. And I was like, my finger. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how to take care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Get your tennis shot. Get your booster. Never. I'll never get my tennis shot. I'm just kidding. I should. <laughs> I get hurt a lot. Uh, All right. Oh, does that mean it's already time for tropes? Scariest moment? Oh, what's your scariest moment? Okay. Uh, this was also, I almost put it in my just like notes. Yeah. Because it was so funny, but it was also very scary. <laughs> uh, so it's when it's Helen and in, is it okay if I go first? Oh, yeah, of course. I realized Sorry. I just, like, lunged into it. Oh, no, it I was, was just, like, like okay. looking at you with, like, yeah, go. And then I was like, oh, I'm rude. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, so she's being slowly hunted mm-hmm. by the all the websites and, like, reviews call him the fisherman. I called him the hook man. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, he has a hook. He's got a hook. He has a hook. That, to me, is the identifying feature. Not that he's dressed as a fisherman. Hook guy. <laughs> hook guy. And then for a while, I called him the hook fella or the hook lady because I didn't want to assume that it was a man because that's sexist. <laughs> hook guy, my, my least favorite uh, Avenger. A boy, boy, boy. <laughs> I had to get one in. I had to try. Gorgeous. <laughs> Fucking hate him. Uh, so you see all these mannequins that yeah. are covered with plastic, mm-hmm. like tarp. Um, probably like prevent dust or something. You know, whatever. how mannequins get. How much dust can accumulate overnight? I don't know what crabs so much. do. I don't know anything about crabs. Um, <laughs> Good. I've never seen track. I'll teach you about <laughs> crabs. <laughs> <laughs> Crab okay. dust will get you. <laughs> Crab dust. They're um, dusty little guys. Are they? Underground, you it's know? sand, yeah. Some of them. Okay. Some aren't. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know why they had like the tarps over yeah, them. But they did. It's an indoor locale. But they have them, and so Helen is like walking past, and she's just trying to get out, and it, she walks past, and then you slowly start to see the like image of him, 
And then she freezes, and then you realize it's him underneath one of the pieces of plastic. Oh, I and hate it. There was a moment where she looks at him, and her face is like, well? She's <laughs> like, what if we both pretend I didn't see anything? Like, Would that work for you? And he's <laughs> like, goes, no. And then he just lunges. And it's like <laughs> the way that he just like bursts into motion. But like her face, she's like... What if I didn't see you? Oh my god, that's like that moment when we were playing Left 4 Dead. Yes! Kate, they play a lot of Left 4 Dead. And there was this part where, like, I stopped moving and there was a hunter, which if you don't know the game, it's yeah. like the zombie that can, like, uh, attack and lunge at was you. It the witch? Or it was the, the witch, it was yeah. the witch. <laughs> Let me start over. There's a zombie who's like a witch and she cries and cries and if you get too close to her, you scare her and yeah. she attacks you. Yeah. And uh, I was apparently next to her and I didn't know it and I looked at her and then she kind of, like, looked at me and, like, none of us moved and, and I just went... And he looks at me. Go, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm going to startle the... And then she went... <laughs> <laughs> and just attacked me. And so from my perspective, I'm behind the pipe. And I see Nikki step out of the pipe, pause, and then just... Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this moment of like, if I just look at her long enough, maybe she'll be cool. And I'm watching her go... Ooh, and I'm like, oh, she's getting so mad. And then she just went... <laughs> that I had a funny scary moment but I kind of have two because one is like so quick that I'm like it doesn't really count as like a scariest moment mm-hmm. but I thought it was the most effective like ooh that's scary um, so like my real scariest moment is Max's death because it grossed oh, me out yeah. so bad he originally wasn't supposed to <sighs> die on oh really screen, and then later they were like we need more blood and so they <laughs> and he was added like yeah alright he's like okay um, he, he's just, I just, I wrote it in my notes. There's something about a hook. Like I've seen so many scary movies and deaths don't bother me at all. But any death that uses like a hook, there's something really, really gross and yeah. visceral about it that yeah. like, I don't like. Because like, at least with a knife, it's like a it's clear slice. Out. But with a hook, it rips things out as yeah. you go. And like, to me, I don't know the like actual medicine of it all. Right. But like, it could avoid a lot of like mm-hmm. crucial arteries and just be painful for yeah. a long time before it kills it, you. It's the fact that it has to go in and up, yeah. I think, and then having to take it out, it, you get stuck, and it just grosses me out. So his death, when it goes in his chin, and I'm like, oh, mm. that's like in his mouth now. And like I'm picturing it, and I'm like, Bleh. so it just got me. It like scared me, one, because it yeah. like happened so quick, but two, it just grossed me out. Um, but I'd say the scariest, most effective shot is when Sarah Michelle Gellar's character is is home, like, I think uh, when she got back from hanging out with everybody, you know, whatever. And she's home and she's going up the stairs and he's upstairs and you're watching him walk around the house kind of the whole time, but you don't really know quite where he is compared to her. You kind of do. But then they're in the shot at the same time yeah. and that's when it really scares me because she's about to go up the stairs, but she's like on her phone or reading something and then he just walks into her room they turn so the corner clearly. at the same time. Exactly. But they yeah. do it at like the yeah. same time so they don't see each other. Well, he probably sees her, yeah. but she doesn't see him. And it creeps me out because yep. I'm like, ew, I hate when we know something and it's so obvious mm-hmm. and the on- and like the person in the movie is just like, nope. Nope. God, <laughs> oh, that got me too. That one creeped me out. Yeah. So, but it was so quick that I was like, I can't count that as like, that's the scariest moment. But it was good. Yeah. 
So, yeah, but yours is so good. Because <laughs> I'm just picturing, well, <laughs> we could just. <laughs> what if we? What if we? He's <laughs> making a proposition with this guy being like, listen, man, I didn't see you. You didn't see me. <laughs> oh, God. That's oh, so God. good. <laughs> tropes? Yes, I'm okay. so excited. <clears throat> First one we kind of talked about already, but genre savvy. Yeah. Scream was all about this, mm-hmm. but it's only invoked once or twice in I Know What You Did Last Summer. So um, Helen and Julie, when they're going to see Missy for the first time, they mention to each other, like, this is really fucking dumb to do. Like, yeah. that's something that Jodie Foster tried. And it, then they do actually do it anyway. Right. <laughs> they do go into they're the like, house anyway. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and so, like, if they were really genre savvy, they would have known that the crabs would disappear. The cops wouldn't see the killer or Barry's corpse. Like, all right. these things. And so it's not, like, blaming them for what happened because that's not at all their fault. No. Like, the things that people choose to do them, not their fault. But if they were actually genre savvy, it would have changed their behavior. Right. Uh, uh. We've talked about this one. A lot of the tropes are repeats, yeah. but I kind of chose that intentionally because... This is just a yeah. genre film. Like, it, it really is. And there, so it uses those tropes. Yeah. It's, it's just nothing staples. new. No. Like, it's just fun. <laughs> so we have Horror Doesn't Settle for a Simple Tuesday, because we have 2x 4th of July. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so when the horror... Oh, this is a quote from tvtropes.org. Yeah. When the horror happens, it tends to happen on holidays and other special days marked on your calendar for various reasons. Lots of people tend to gather around those days, usually at a remote location. Calendar days make nice titles. And nothing quite says subverted innocence, like, for example, Santa Claus killing people with an axe. Right. So that's, like, one of the reasons that holidays yeah. are traditionally invoked or used. Um, and for 4th of July, it doesn't get, like, political in that way. But the 4th no. of July is known as, like, this, like, celebration that isn't, like, unhinged. But it's, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not sure. Because I'm not sure where we're going. I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> where, like, 4th of July is just one of those holidays where it's just about, like, it's not reckless abandon, but it is about just, like, it's, yeah. The, the it's, celebration is different than other holidays, which may be more restrained. Yeah, where it's, like, it's not very structured. It's very yes. much just, like, woo! Like, yeah. you drink to drink. Yeah. Like, and then we're yeah. gonna put explosions in the sky right Why next to not? your town. Yeah. Pretty so, much. Uh, so <laughs> hard doesn't settle for a simple Tuesday. Yeah. And it was here, I swear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When the frantic teenager runs to get witnesses to see the horrific crime, the evidence mysteriously disappears. Come see the crabs. The crabs. The crabs. Mother, the crabs. How? How do you get all those crabs? How do you get all those crabs and the smell? I don't care who you are. If somebody had walked up and been like, I swear there were a bunch of crabs here. I go, no, I know. I can tell. I smell them. I see the dust, the telltale crab dust. I see the crab dust. (laughs) You can't hide crab dust from me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. (laughs) born. Speaking as a real Floridian. (laughs) Don't anybody ever call me a Floridian. Only I can say it because it's not true. (laughs) (laughs) But as a Floridian, I know a crab, okay? So this often builds, like, the barrier between the teens and the adults that could theoretically help. Right. And then it also erodes the credibility of the poor person that just saw hundreds of crabs in a dead body, only to return with two other people who see precisely zero crabs in your trunk. So scary. How? Yes. Where'd they go? You know? Yeah. And so then it also, like, invites this unreliable narrator, like, maybe she's just unwell. Yeah. And uh, 
some people pointed out, like, it's so unrealistic. Like, how could that happen? It's like, first of all, slasher movies operate under different physics. Right. And then second of all, you don't know how far she had to run to get to her friends. Right. She could have been gone a half hour. Yeah. You just know that she jumped out of the car and started running. We just know she's she's gone. Yeah. She left the crabs unattended. (laughs) Yeah. That's what happens when you leave crabs unattended. That's always what happens. Next up is Menacing Stroll. Ah, yes. Uh, I remember my dad talking about this, and it's like why he found the mummy so scary. Yeah. And it was the inevitability, like in It Follows. It doesn't move quickly, but it's always moving. Yeah. Purposefully to you. And in this case, the hookman doesn't sprint after Helen. She's running and screaming for her sister to open the damn door, but he's strolling casually. He has all the time in the world. He's like, I'll get there. He'll get to her in the end. <laughs> and it's also a classic slasher trope. Yeah. In Scream, you have Ghostface running after them. And right. like, that was purposeful. It mm-hmm. was a change on the convention. But in the other ones, you get the slow, confident walk or the right. sudden appearance of the villain behind you. And then suddenly he's not there. They're not out of breath. They might not follow the laws of physics. Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah. So menacing stroll. Like while she's screaming, he's like, I've got time. He's like, it's fine. Take Checks your time. Watch. I've got time. <laughs> uh, my favorite. Yes. Nobody here but us statues. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone hides by pretending to be a statue. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You see it a lot in comedy. So think like Scooby-Doo. I was going to say, I'm like a real Scooby-Doo moment. Yeah, when they're being chased by a monster and they jump into the wax figure display and pretend to be part of the exhibit. Right. In this case, it's used for horror when you have the mannequins underneath the plastic and you slowly realize the fisherman is pretending to be a statue. Yeah. And then he's not cool. And he's not cool. He's he not doesn't cool just at all. wade it out no. and just get her later. No. We're so rude. Yeah. And then, of course, of this course. is like the prime slasher trope. Yes. Not quite dead. Yup. <laughs> so, uh... It's especially common when there's franchise potential. Right. And one of the interesting things about the 90s is that one of the articles I read called it like the death of the franchise, but not franchises, but the specific 80s franchises, like the 70s and 80s, big franchise movies. In the 90s, it looked like they were just done. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) They were like, don't worry, we got new franchises for you. And of course, we know that Halloween continued right as like all those things kept getting new ones. But in the 90s, they were like nail in the coffin for that. Right. And we got new ones though. Yeah. (laughs) So Not Quite Dead is obviously when you think no one could survive a fall from the window. No one could get hooked in the gut, thrown off the edge of a boat. He's no hand. No hand. But he is. But uh, he's 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 not dead. dead. (laughs) Uh, Then we have Peekaboo Corpse. Peekaboo! Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And it's the sudden arrival of a dead body when you don't anticipate it, likely in places where you would not expect it. So here it is the cold storage (laughs) section of the boat. Yeah. And you get the sudden appearance of Barry and Helen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sad. And then mm-hmm. I mentioned this earlier, red herring. Yeah. So if you've seen Clue as many times as I have, then you know the refrain by heart, communism was just a red herring. <laughs> and so a red herring is meant to distract someone from finding the real culprit. Right. It is just a, a distraction. Mm-hmm. You held something enticing up and you're like, oh, chase the ball. And then you're right. like, I'm going to go this way. So we have several red herrings in this film. So Max, many. not for too long though, because he kicks yeah, it. Really gone. Uh, Elsa, Missy, and Ray. Mm-hmm. So they do that like a ton where they're like, right. oh, but look how suspicious her sister is. So look many how times. mean they are to each other. Like they just constantly build up these people. And then they're like, we fooled you. You silly goose. <laughs> it's not them. And you're like, no, I got that. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this leads to the next trope, the reveal. Yes. So it's basically just like a dramatic plot twist or revelation, like a sudden realization. But I do want to get into kind of like the nuances of different types of reveals. Yeah. Because we talked about the tomato surprise before. Yeah. This is the opposite. Oh. No, this is just not a tomato. It's not the exact opposite, but it's not a tomato surprise. So the reveal 
is when it is a surprise not only to the characters, but the audience as well. Both okay. of us are surprised. If the audience was in on it, but it was a surprise to the characters, a la dramatic irony, it's an internal reveal. Yeah. Where it's a reveal to them, but we knew all along. Right. The exact opposite of an internal reveal is a tomato surprise. Yeah. And we talked about that in Frailty. Mm-hmm. And the tomato surprise is when the characters are privy to a fundamental and relatively mundane to them truth, but we don't get it until late in the game. Yeah, yeah. So a good tomato surprise will pull the rogue out from under us and force us to reevaluate everything. Yeah. Where it's like something that is so common in the like fictional universe that it wasn't worth mentioning. And then when they suddenly say, oh, you thought we were on Earth? No, 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 we're on Mars. Like, <laughs> you have to reconsider everything. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we didn't say any of them were human. So, yeah. Right. So this was just a reveal. It was not a tomato surprise. Because we were all surprised together. Yeah. Uh, And we do have several reveals. And there's enough that it becomes kind of like a zigzag reveal. Yeah, kind of. Because there's enough evidence to make us think it was Ray. And there is a reveal that Ray is Billy Blue, but Billy Blue wasn't the stalker killer. Right. So there are several reveals. It's like, ooh. And it keeps winding. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, okay. And I was like, inverted, subverted. And then the TV trope said, like, if you can't really tell, it might be a zigzag. And I was like, okay, well, I'm calling it. Zigzag. I'm calling the zigzag, folks. (laughs) Okay. Two tropes left. Yes. Spiritual antithesis. This is, quote, a work with a comparable setup to a past or contemporary work, but is distinctly different execution. Yeah. And so often these are used with, like, deconstruction and reconstruction. Right. Or, like, a critique of the original work or homage. Yeah. Generally, there's an intent behind it. And I think in this point, it's really just you have one director that made two very different movies (laughs) with different intents. Yeah. So I don't think that this was, like, an intentional, like, I did Scream, now I want to show you what else I can do by doing everything that you think I'll do. Right. I don't think it was like no. this weird play, but you could say that they are the spiritual antithesis right. to each other. So it's not like a spiritual sequel. No. Let's just see. Last one. Yeah. Villain ball. <laughs> okay. Is this like the idiot ball? Yes. But oh, yay. Uh, the villain could have feasibly prevailed if they didn't make nonsensical decisions for the purpose of the plot. If he killed <laughs> them faster, he would have won. Right. And so like the villain ball is often like, oh, I've decided to like kill the person that the hero loves, not even thinking that they'll be even more unhinged and thereby more dangerous when I could have just as easily done this. Or like the example in TV Tropes was Lex Luthor could have killed me immediately with the kryptonite, but instead he decided to do these other things and then I (laughs) killed him. So it's like, (laughs) yeah. So the villain ball is basically like for the plot to move forward and like for them to ultimately lose, they have to make some dumb villain decisions sometimes. And they are carrying the idiot ball. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Silly little villains. Yes. You dum-dums. <laughs> Silly little dum-dums. <laughs> I like those. Those are good. Again, nothing special. Those are ones that we've had before, but yeah. I love it. I like This movie's it's, just fun. Yeah. It's, it's just, just fun for the sake of being movie. fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I I like it. Yeah. That brings us, it's time to rate the movie. Yeah. I'm excited. so many different ratings. Oh, do you? All I've got now is crab dust. <laughs> How many crab does? Crab dust. <laughs> Flex of crab dust. <laughs> oh Flex of crab dust. Salt bay it is. Salt bay. <laughs> like old bay. Old bay. Uh, all right, uh, what do you have? What do you got? Okay, so mm-hmm. I didn't talk about like half of these. Right. But um, future therapy bills. Because he says like we will never speak of it again. Right. From now on it's a future therapy bill. Uh, ancient laptops. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, title drops. Uh-huh. Uh, handwritten directions. <laughs> like the old printed out <laughs> MapQuest things, but yes. they were like handwritten. 
Bedazzled platform clogs. Oh. She has them. I like those. A back a back hook because he backhands him with a hook. Oh, he does. <laughs> and then that leads to hook bonk. Um, and then spider monkey net crawls. Yeah. Because yep. Freddy Prince Jr. just really spider just monkeys gets on there. there. Uh, I love that for him. Boot bat. A boot bat. Yeah. Uh, blood ladle. A missy direct. And crab dust. Oh, I don't know. See, you said so many good ones, but blood ladle is good. Boot bat was really good. Because that also brings me back to my boot boot and bat. Yes. Oh, wait, that's what that was. <laughs> in my head, I was like, there must have been a, a bat in someone's boot and I missed it. Oh, my God. It was me. Oh, my God. I was like, that makes sense because I said... Where am I? Was I even here? Am I okay? I was like, Kate, when did a boot, when did a bat? It can't be that one. I'm too embarrassed. All right. In between us. I like blood ladle and I like crab. How many flecks of crab dust? Yeah. Those are my two like faves. Yeah. Flecks of crab dust? I like flecks mm-hmm. of crab dust. Okay. Not a boot bat. It can't be. Bat. I can't believe I didn't remember. <laughs> I was like, that's so good because. <laughs> okay. You had me questioning. I was like, did I miss a blood bat or a boot bat? I was like, did I? <laughs> I'm just over here making everyone give me. Like, oh, no. Okay. <coughs> I'm, I'm ready. I am also ready. Right, okay. Yes. Three, two, two one. one. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. This makes sense. So I give it three and a half. Yeah. Kate's giving it a three. Yes. So I'm giving it three and a half. Okay. Um, flex of crab flex dust. Flex of crab dust. <laughs> uh, because it doesn't do anything new. Mm-mm. But even though it doesn't do anything new, I had fun. Yeah. I had a good time. So it's like, it's not like, I'm trying to think of another movie where I was like, this was kind of boring. It doesn't do anything. And I didn't like it. Yeah. I know we had one. I just can't remember what it was. But we definitely had a movie where I was like, this does nothing and I'm bored. Yeah. But this is one where it does nothing. But I was like, I had a good time. Yeah. Like, it's like, I watched again. I mean, it has all my usual qualms that we have said before. Like, if we don't mention it, it's because it's a qualm. We know it is. Like, they have one character of color and she's the sassy black friend. And that's it. She's really in it for like a second. Yeah. So like, the usual qualms, that's why I'm like, yeah, it's, but you know. It's a 90s movie, so I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah. Um, but it's still fun. It's yeah. like, I had a good time. Yeah. I wasn't mad about any of it. It's not like I was like, the lighting's incredible. This is incredible. I was like, yeah, it's good. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> so yeah. like three and a half seems like a good middle ground. And I'm giving it a half, especially because um, the rewatch bonus for me. Because I missed the fucking reveal <laughs> because I'm a dummy. And I'm like, maybe if I watch it again, I'll give it just a three. But I have to give it credit and myself credit for the fact that I missed the most important part of the movie and now I have to watch it again. You also need to watch it for the boot bat. And the boot bat. <laughs> I can't believe I thought that. What is wrong with me? I said it. I'm the one that said boot bat earlier. And I forgot. My brother in Christ, you said the boot My bat. My brother in Christ, you said boot bat. There's <laughs> something wrong with me. Okay. Oh. Why do you give it three? <laughs> I give it three flecks of crab dust. Yes. Because, like, it's not, like, a malicious three. It's just, like, no. yeah, it's a three. Because it's, like, perfectly middle of the road. Malicious three. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> wait, wait, malicious three. <laughs> malicious three is just, <laughs> get him. Just, like, smacks him in the face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it was, like, it was an enjoyable film. Yeah. I would watch it again. 
but it's not one of those films that like I'll excitedly tell people that they should watch. Yeah. I don't have like, I think it does this really well. It's just a fine movie. Yeah. And we can't even say that it's one of those ones where like, oh, if you watched it with people, you you just love it so much more. Because I'm like, not really. Mm-mm. It's not like I had parts where I was like, I can't wait to riff on that with friends. I was kind of just like, if I had a friend here, I guess it'd be fine. Yeah. You know? I had a few moments where I was like, I can't wait to tell Nikki about the yeah, way she looks exactly. at the statue, man. But <laughs> exactly. Like, I had a few, it. Yeah. but not enough for me no. to be like, this is a group movie, you know? Not yeah. like evil dead where i'm like oh if you had a group yeah. be so fun i'm yeah. like no it's fine and it's like the chase scene through the boat just takes so long it takes so long it, was, it just drug on yeah board. So, so like it's it's just a movie it's, yeah it's a fine one so, and some movies are just fine yeah, and that's fine. fine that's fine so three <laughs> flecks of crab dust for me so that's six and a half yeah. flecks of crab dust that's a respectable score which you probably wouldn't see if it were in a trunk because no. it's only six and a half flecks <laughs> not if you're not from florida yeah I would see them. <laughs> I know crab does when I see it. You go into North Carolina. I'm from Florida. I can investigate this. Hello? Hello? I'm here. Where's your crabs? Gross. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so I think that wraps up our discussion. I think so, yeah. yeah. So that's it for I Know What You Did Last Summer. Or, or I Know. Or <laughs> Iquiddles. <laughs> Iquiddles. Iquiddles. That's so fun. If you enjoyed your time with us. Yeah. Crab dust and all. Hell yeah. Uh, We would really appreciate if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That's the one that really helps people find us. But rate and review wherever you listen. It does help. So uh, we also just like love reading what you say. They're so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It helps. And it's also fun. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go With It. And every Wednesday we'll post the movie for the week as well as where you can stream uh, the film and by the way this is leaving Netflix at the end of May oh shit okay yeah so we caught it just in time hell yeah we did yeah you can check our extended show notes on our website justgoalwithitpod.com or maybe even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justgoalwithit we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons yes please Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie Morgan, Brady Kenny, Janice, and Brian woo I slowed myself down this time. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little slower, a little yeah. slower. But I was I like, nailed it. I just need to be careful. I just gotta be careful. Yeah. Love those patrons. So good. They're so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then the intro and outro music was created by Anthony Rockazella. The cover art, it's by our very own Nikki Solomon. <laughs> I can draw art and I can spot a crab dust. And a boot bat. I can't spot a boot bat. No one What's can. What's wrong with me? <laughs> They're notoriously hard to see. Boot bats are sneaky. I'm not. What happened? Where did I go? For just a little bit. And on Same that place note, you went when you missed the reveal. <laughs> I just took a little nap. As my grandmother likes to say, uh-huh. when people just miss things that are right in front of them, she just leans over, pats them on the shoulder, and she goes, the short naps are the best, aren't they? Oh my god. <laughs> it's so mean. Some of my old coworkers, when you do something dumb, they're like, oh, you're so pretty. <laughs> So, what we've taken from this episode is, I am so pretty. You're so pretty. (laughs) And that's it. That's it. Bye. just like pigeons. Pigeons are dope.